you could put a lot of things in here, whether it be, you know, holding on to the anchor or staying firm, like whatever little cool analogy you want to put in there, it'll work. But the, the idea of the message is still the same. But this is just what God's giving me, keeping grounded. We as Christians need to stay grounded. And I think that it's super easy to get caught up in life and as Christians to get caught up in church life, right? Um, in regards to church life, it's really easy to get caught up in the politics of it all, you know, um, to get caught up in all the new fancy things, what are other churches doing. Um, in regards to our personal lives, we can get caught up in our jobs, um, our new house, what's the future got for us, what am I doing this weekend, you know, it's super easy to get caught up, to get distracted, right? But we as Christians not only should, but need to use Christ as our anchor, right? Simple, we know this. Need to use Christ as our anchor to keep us grounded. And not only grounded, but on the track that we're meant to be on. For whatever is God's got planned for us, we need to stay grounded and on the track that he's got planned for us, okay? So this morning, I want to kind of talk about what keeps us grounded. And the first point, pretty obvious, but super important, it's First one's Jesus keeps us grounded, right? Our relationship with him and a desire to strengthen and grow in that relationship with him is one of the things that keeps us grounded. And it should be our main priority and our main goal to have a desire in our hearts to have a healthy, strong and loving relationship with our Saviour before our family, before our marriage, before our work, the one and only thing that is important is that we have a strong and healthy relationship with Jesus Christ. That is it. It even says in the Bible that those things can flee. That doesn't matter. Even our family, it does not matter in comparison to a strong, healthy relationship with our Savior. That's our main priority, right? And you can be the best preacher in town. You could be the greatest speaker, the best evangelist. We could have the most beautiful church in all the world. You could be the kindest person. You could be generous, selfless. You could just be this amazing person. But if you don't have a strong relationship with Jesus Christ, it means absolutely nothing. In Matthew 7, 21 to 23, it says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven, on that day many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, cast out demons in your name, and do mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. It's not hard, you know. It's, it's easy to be like, I'm going to do this for the God. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And all he's saying is just know me. Seek me daily. I want to have a relationship with you. You know, encounter me through through worship and through, through the word and um, through prayer. That's as simple as it is. We should be having a strong relationship with God so that we're grounded and not, and not steering off. When we're grounded in, in, in our relationship with God, we're not easily swayed, right? And, and that's why, as I said, you know, you can kind of put any little analogy in here, whether it's an anchor or whatever you want, but you're not easily swayed. In John 15, 4 to 7, it says, oh no, not John 15, verse 4, it says, Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. And then John 15, 7 says, If you abide in me, my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. 
And the really cool thing is, right, so thanks God, they changed the camera angle for me because I said I was going to be jumping on the stage a bit. Um, shaking things up, you know. Um, so you're grounded, you know. You're, you're here, you're grounded. And you're not distracted. Because when we're distracting, you know, like you're getting away, you're distracted by things, you, you, you're not so grounded. Whatever it is, it's distracting you. I can't float in the air, but you're going up, right? You're getting distracted and further and further. The fall of when trials and tribulation comes, how much more severe is the damage, right? But when you're grounded in God and trials and tribulation come, you're going to fall because we're humans, but you're falling into the Father's arms. The fall isn't that hard. It's easy to get back up. You don't, not that much damage. You build a resilience, right? And so for me, right, we have a family member who has had some mental health challenges, right? They, got, they had a mental break one year, the first time. My relationship with God was not in a good place. I was distracted by anxiety and fear and trauma and I'm up here and this attack came of, of mental health. The fall was traumatic. You know, I had a lot of issues after that, a lot of... Um, I had mental health issues after that, anxiety, fear, trauma, I was scared, all of this. The trauma, severe. This person had another second mental breakdown. And leading up to that, my relationship with God was good. I was standing firm in Him, you know, my prayer life was on fire, I was encountering Him daily, I had a desire to seek His face daily. God, I want to know you more. And so I'm that grounded that when this second mental break happened... I got knocked, but the fall wasn't that bad, and it wasn't as severe, and not only was I able to get up quicker, but I had built a resilience, I was able to heal quicker, and then help other people in my family who were struggling as well. It's important that we are staying grounded constantly, right? Ephesians 4.14, so that we may no, no longer be children, right? We're mature Christians, we're no longer children who are just tossed to and fro by the waves, right? Carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes, we're standing firm in what it is that God's got for us. That's my first point. The first point is that it's our relationship with Jesus Christ, a strong, healthy relationship that keeps us grounded. The second thing on what keeps us grounded is, oh, sorry, I'm just going to have a drink. is understanding our mission on earth. Knowing what your individual mission is on earth that God's got for you and knowing it off by heart that someone can ask you and you know it more than anything else, what it is God's got destined for you personally. Also, we've got the Great Commission and that's, that's us as a people, that's our group mission, right? You know, in Matthew 28, 19 to 20, go therefore make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you and behold, I'm with you to the end of the age. So that's our group, you know, that's we as a people, that is our thing, you know, spreading the word, all of that. But then God has given you specifically a mission on earth and it is important that you know what that is. For me this year, God's been speaking to me a lot about getting back to the basics, um, 
you know, and looking to the early church. Amy's probably sick of me hearing this. Every time we get together, I'm always on about the early church, you know. And looking at why was the early church so successful? What did they value? You know, what was their core beliefs? What made them so successful and set the way for us now as believers? The early church, they knew their mission and what God had planned for them. And they knew it off by heart. They had that, they, they knew their identity and what it is that God had planned for them. They were grounded, they relied on God, they relied on the gospel, and they relied on being a community and a family that fellowshiped, right? They weren't all about the big fandangle, fancy, you know, whatever it is. It was about people that had, you know, like-mindedness, loved God, met together in their homes, they shared things, they, if someone needed money, they would sell something and give that person money, they shared food, they were a family, this is what they, they, the church was built on, a community, a family that fellowshiped, relied on God, relied on the gospel, that was it, none of this blah blah mixed in it, it was just, that was it, and they did so many amazing things, the amount that was added to their groups daily, baptized daily, you know what I mean? And they paved the way for what we're doing now in the world because of that early church. And I think we should be looking more to what the early church did and should be changing up some things and looking at why that was so successful and, and building that into what we do now. They understood their, their mission. They knew it off by heart, what it is that God called them to do. We need to do the same. Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for good and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. We need to know what it is personally that God's called us to do. Ephesians 4, 11, To some he gave apostles, to some he made them prophets, evangelists, shepherds, teachers, to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for building up the body of Christ. We're going to have an individual mission, but it's going to build up the body of Christ. And it's important that you personally know what it is that God's called you to do. Because when you're grounded and you know what it is that God's called you to do, right, you know that I'm here and God's called me to be a stay-at-home mum, right? He's called me above all else to be a mother to my kids, to teach them about Jesus, to raise future leaders of the church, for God, whatever it is, I, he's told me to be a stay-at-home mum, right, first and foremost, then a leader, then a preacher, whatever it is after that. But doubt and fear can come along and you go, what am I doing? Is this purposeful? Whatever it is. But when you know and you know and you know and you know what God has called you to do and that doubt and fear can't try to come your way, you say, actually, no, God has given me this mission. This is what he's destined me for, to do. And you're able to battle that doubt and that fear that's going to come at you. 100% is going to come at you. And knowing what it is God's called you to do, you're grounded, you're staying there put, and the fall isn't as bad. And to know that mission, because you might not know right now sitting there, you could be like, well, maybe it's this, maybe it's that. But if you know that you know what it is God's called you personally to do on this earth, to get that knowledge of what that mission is, you go back to point one in having a good relationship with Jesus. You can't get that message without first getting, having that strong relationship with Jesus Christ, right? Proverbs 19.21. Oh, I love this scripture. Many are the plans in the mind of man, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. And you can make up every little mission that you want. I want to do this and I want to do that. That's not going to last. It's not going to be successful. It's not going to have an impact if God's not behind it. 
right? Many are the plans in the mind of man, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. How good is that? And my third point, and I'm going through this quick, hey? Ooh. Anyway, um, on what keeps us grounded, it's our morals and our values and a does this glorify God way of thinking, right? Your morals and your values and does this glorify God way of thinking. Having a clear, concise understanding of what it is that you either as an individual, uh, a couple or as a family, what your morals and your values are. And what is important to you. And, you know, and, and making sure that it lines up with the Word of God, first and foremost. That is the most important thing. Each of us are going to have different morals and values slightly, right? We, we're going to value different things here and there. But as long as we're lining it up with the Word of God. So, for example, for me and Darren, it is more important for us that we have children who grow into adults that are kind caring, compassionate, and generous, and that they reflect the characteristics of Jesus that we read about in Galatians. That is more important to us than if they were to be, go super far in their education, and that they're super wealthy, and they've got the best job. Maybe that's important for some people, but for us, I want to have children that have a Christ-like life, and you know, reflect the characteristics of Jesus more than any of that other stuff. That's important to us. Galatians 5.22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control against such things. There is no law. I'd love to raise children that are loving, that have the joy of the Lord, that they have peace when trial and tribulation come their way, that they have a patience and a long suffering that people are just shocked by, that they have a kindness about them, a goodness, a gentleness, a faithfulness, self-control when temptation comes their way, right? So these are my, one of our morals and our values that we want to raise our children by. And so you individually or you as a couple or you as a family should know, and if you don't, meet after this in your home and work out what are we as a family value and what are our morals so that you can stand upon that and when peer pressure comes, you go, actually, no, we don't like that in our family or we don't want to go down that track because I'm going to stay grounded on what it is that we value and what our morals are. Also for us, it's important for Darren and I that everything that we plan for the future, whether it be for our family, for us as a married, a married couple, for us as, as leaders of this church, whatever it is that we plan, it's important for Darren and I that every little thing that we plan, we ask ourselves, does this glorify God? Because if it doesn't, I do not want it. If this is going to please man or if this is going to please myself or my ego or my aesthetic, whatever it is, if this does not glorify God, I do not want it. And I hope that's the same for you guys. Everything we should do on this earth should be to glorify God and that's it. 1 Corinthians 10, 31 says, So whether you eat or drink, Whatever you do, do all for the glory of God. And that's a good way to live. Living your life, does this glorify God? No, I don't want to do it. 
does this TV show glorify God? Probably shouldn't be watching it. You know, do, the way I talk to this person, does this glorify God? No, I probably shouldn't be talking to them that way. Living a life, you know, even this, worship, does this song glorify God or does it glorify me? Doesn't, no, we shouldn't be doing it. You know what I mean? Every little thing in our life, we should be asking ourselves that question, does it glorify God? And knowing what it is that you value, knowing what it is that your morals are, Again, it enables you to be grounded and to not be swayed. And there's been times where, you know, Darren and I have talked about we really don't want our kids watching X, Y, Z, even if it's in kids' movies, you know. That might be sound really, um, it's, oh, it's just a kids' movie. It's not that bad. We said, no, we don't want them watching that. And you go to a friend's house and they chuck that movie on and you go, oh, you really don't want them watching that. And it's easy to be peer pressured and easy to be swayed, but you go, no, these are our values and our morals. I'm going to stand upon that and I'm going to stay grounded because maybe that, them watching that could lead to something and then we're distracted and then we're off and then that falls a lot worse than it should have been, right? Simple little illustration, but it's important that you know what your values, your morals are to lead yourself, lead you as a couple or lead you as a family into the future, right? And when we're not grounded, again, we begin to drift because of all the distractions in our life, whether it be, um, again, our jobs, friends, family, maybe it's all about fancy church, what your role is in the church, um, how good do I look when I'm praising God, whatever it is. (laughs) Um, We've all done it, don't worry. (laughs) You know, superficial things in our life, our jobs, future, whatever it is. We're distracted, we're up here, then trials and tribulations come along and the injury and the damage is just so much worse. And I'm going to give you an example because that might sound a bit like, what are you talking about, right? So we were in a church before we even moved to Victoria nearly 10 years ago now. It was a great church, you know, it was, it was, um, it was moving, it was growing. Um, it was just, there was great people, I loved it, Right? But over the years, the attention started to turn elsewhere, right? Maybe people get a little bit bored. Maybe they start to not trust God so much. Maybe they're not hearing from him as they would like to. So you start to turn elsewhere and you think other things will grow your church, right? So they started to turn towards building this big fancy church. And this church was building and it was beautiful and had the best of the best, the fancy lights, fancy equipment, Um, And then they started going down the track of maybe, you know, only putting only cool, hip, attractive people in leadership, right? Especially the youth and young adults. This is a true story, honestly. These people were not mature Christians. They'd only known God for a short amount of time. And these people were getting put into, you know, positions of leadership. So all these things, getting distracted by fancy church, all these things, it's all turning into distractions, right? And what are they doing? They're they're drifting. They're not staying grounded in the things of God. They're not staying grounded in their morals and their values and what we never want to turn away from. And the other thing which was heartbreaking, the community family feel started to disappear right it was running like a business this church it was like a business it was like got to do this got to do that and there was no community community feel anymore it was just turning into something we didn't like we ended up leaving but the we knew a lot of people that were still in there anyway so what happens was distraction distraction distractions turning away turning away well, these people weren't grounded anymore. The, the church wasn't grounded anymore. They weren't glorifying God. They weren't standing on the gospel. None of that. 
So what does the enemy do? He sees an opportunity, sends people in, and the church came crashing down. And that church isn't operating the way it was anymore. And the people that they put into leadership who didn't, didn't have a mature relationship with God, none of them are walking with God anymore. And I mean none of them. I've, I'm friends with these people on social media. Not one of them is in a church. Not one of them has a relationship with God. The damage of that fall was so disruptive and catastrophic that these people don't even have a relationship with God anymore because what happened? They allowed themselves to not stay grounded and they were distracted. And that fall, when the enemy came and trial and tribulation came, that fall caused so much more damage that needed to be happened, than needed to happen. And so myself, I look at this, right? And that, this actually happened, as mum can testify, into a church that happened before us, before that church. Same exact thing happened. They got distracted by trying to be better and be good like all the other churches. And the people were comparing themselves. And distraction, 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 distraction. Not staying grounded in these core principles that the early church built themselves upon. Didn't stay grounded in that. And they were all distracted Enemy sends people in, that church comes crashing down. It's a totally different thing now. You know, half those people aren't walking with God anymore. And the destruction and the damage is heartbreaking to witness. And so I've had to look at these things and I've had to look at other people in my life and go, I need to learn from this. I need to stay grounded. Zoe, you've got to stay grounded. You've got to stay in a strong relationship with our Father, right? I've got to know what my mission is and I've got to know what my morals and values are. I'm going to stay grounded and stay firm in that and not be distracted because if I trial and tribulation come, which it will, I don't want to be that hurt and that damaged that I can't get back up, that I'm not strong enough to keep going and I just stay down in the pit and I'm gone. And so I've had to learn, right? Knowing what that purpose that God's given me, what my morals and values are, so that I'm grounded in Christ and I'm not shaken. Is do you want to come come up and Andrew, please? <clears throat> not Finn. <laughs> One day. So for me, my heart. And my prayer this morning is that each and every one of you take the time to self-reflect, right? Whether it be right now as we worship or you go home and you, and you self-reflect. But I'm all about, like, let's not leave this message here. I don't want, I don't want to be a part of something where it's like, I'm going to live my week, Sunday's here, great message, great worship, bye-bye, go home, keep doing my own thing. I want to be a part of something that's going to grow me and change me and test me and get me from A to B. I want to be different. And so I'm going to take this message. I'm going to plant it deep in my heart. And every day as I'm worshiping God and meditating, I'm growing that seed. I'm growing that seed until it becomes fruit in my life, right? That's what I want to be a part of. And so as we hear this message, right? Let's take this time as we worship, like, God, this is a time to be selfish. Worship, like, let's be selfish. This is between you and God. 
Take this time to be selfish. Kids are going to be crying. That's all part of it. This is their church, right? Let's just take this time to encounter God. Lord, what is it that you're trying to speak to me? Maybe I am grounded in my relationship with you, but I'm not grounded because I don't know what my mission is. Or I know what my mission is, but God, my relationship with you is not the greatest at the moment. Or what are my values and morals? Whatever it is, out of these three points, God, what is it that you're trying to speak to me? Because we can always be better. We should never be comfortable in our relationship with God. We should always have a desire to move and grow and change. God, I want to be better. I want to be better. I want to be better. I want to have an impact on this community and on my family and on this world. I want to be better. So God, as we, you know, we worship right now, God, what is it that you're saying to me? Come on, he's got to say something to you. Be quiet and listen. God, what is it that he's saying to me? And then, I, and then I encourage you and I challenge you to go home and whether with yourself or with your partner or with your family, let's do better. Come on. What, how can we be better? I want to be grounded. I don't want to be a part of a big fall that's going to cause damage and, and all this heartbreak. I want to be better. So, honey, come on. What are our, our values and our morals? What are we going to stand on and what are we going to keep grounded on? What stuff we're not going to waver on when people try and tempt our kids or whatever it is? And, honey, what's our mission? What's your mission, my love? What's my mission? So that when people ask us, we can say it real quick. This is my mission. This is what God's got planned for me. This is what he's got destined for me. And I'm going to run with it. And when people say, that's not a really good mission or that's not going to have much impact, you're going to go, uh-uh, that's my mission from God. I'm grounded in it. It's on the path that I need to be on. And we can stand firm on it and know we're grounded. We're like bolted between our feet into the ground with these things that nothing's going to knock us down. So take this message as a wake-up call. I have 100%. Massive wake-up call. Massive whack over the head with a big pole. This is a wake-up a wake-up call. And just ensuring that your primary goal, primary goal is that you grow and you strengthen your relationship with the Father. Spend time with the Lord knowing and understanding what it is he's called you to do with your time on earth. Knowing without a doubt what your values and your morals are, making sure 100% that they line up with the Word of God, 100%. Scripture's there, it's easy. I want my kids to be good people, I'll read Galatians 5.22. There we go. They just, that's what I've got to teach my kids. It's easy, Scripture's there. And making sure that absolutely every single thing that we do glorifies God no matter what. Someone's mean to you, you want to respond in a certain way, does it glorify God? No, I'm not going to do it good way to live your life. Does it glorify God? So let's be different. Let's be a different church. Let's be grounded. You know what I mean? I don't don't want to be caught up. I don't don't want to be a Christian that's not grounded. I don't want to be a Christian that's that's caught up there. We don't want to be, are we a church that's distracted? Are we a church that's not grounded? I don't want to be like that. I don't want this church to be like that. Let's be a church. Let's be a people that's grounded and different because a lot of churches are failing at the moment. A lot of pastors are giving up at the moment. We don't want to be like them. We're going to be grounded in the things of God. We're not going to be like anyone else. We're going to stay focused. We're going to stay on path. We're going to know what it is that God's got planned for us as a people. Awesome. Let's stand up. I want to pray. We're going to worship. We're going to go for as long as we want to go. Because good and God's good. And God hates structure and routine. No, not really. <laughs> no. No. I'm... Yeah, anyway, <laughs> probably shouldn't say that. Anyway, I just, 
I love the early church. I love what the early church stands for. I'd love to be a part of that early church and I want this church to be like that, you know? That's my heart. Awesome. So let's let's pray and then let's praise. So Father God, we love you. We are in absolute awe of you, Lord God. We're so thankful that we get to have a relationship with you, that you want to know us, that you want to love us, that you want to have a relationship with us, Lord God. And we pray that we would have that burning desire deep in our hearts to know you more, Lord God. As we take this time to worship and sing and connect our hearts with yours, Lord God, speak and minister to us what it is that you want to say to us. Come on, show us, God, how can I be better? How can I do better? How do I get from A to B? I want to grow. I want to be moving forward. Lord God, what is it that you've got for me? I pray each and every person here takes the time as we worship to encounter you, to experience you, to experience a touch from you. And then not only leaves this experience here in this building, goes home and gets distracted by the rest of their day, but God, they take this message, they take whatever it is you've spoken to them, plant it deep in their hearts, Lord God, and every single day they water that seed and allow it to become fruit in their life. That we would not leave this message here, Lord God, but we would take it home with us. We love you, God, and we are so thankful that you love us. In Jesus' mighty powerful and holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's worship.